0: Welcome into this next episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Anel. And in this episode, I will be talking about the two blockbuster moves that the Milwaukee Bucks made last night. And they were very noteworthy moves and really good moves, in my opinion, for the Bucks. And in the opinions of a lot of other people as well, uh, for the most part. A lot of uh, rave reviews for John Horse moves uh, as Bucks general manager able to uh, pull off uh, two really solid moves. And I will start with the trade for Drew Holiday was the first of two trades made late last night. And uh, these trades uh, are all according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, otherwise known as Woj. Uh, he broke Twitter last night with... Uh, Saying that the Bucks acquired Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, three first-round picks, as well as pick swaps that include two second-rounders coming to Milwaukee. Again, I really like the deal for the Bucks. Drew Holiday is one of the best point guards in the NBA. He's not like the top top tier level point guard although he's very close like he's really good like he's supremely talented both offensively and defensively and uh certainly for some people he's uh kind of a little bit under the radar he's been playing in new orleans uh for his career up until this point and new orleans isn't necessarily a big market so he doesn't get all the uh national attention as far as that goes is maybe some other point guards that are referred to as uh, higher up than uh, Holiday as far as ranks, but uh, Drew Holiday is very good, and it was a really good get by the Bucks For his career, he's averaging 15.9 points per game and 6.4 assists per game, so he's really good at uh, facilitating an offense, both uh, passing, uh, finding other teammates uh, effectively, and doing it a lot, and then also scoring. He's a really reliable three-point shooter, which is a breath of fresh air for the Bucs because Eric Bledsoe was a very good player for the Bucs. He is somebody that has had a good career and will continue to have a good career, but he was a little bit inconsistent uh, shooting three-pointers for the Bucs, and that certainly was one of the uh, factors that hurt the Bucs last year and in years before last year definitely in the playoffs too. But so uh, certainly kind of didn't have a whole lot of playoff success as far as that goes and uh, really struggled uh, in the playoffs. So that's something that will be um, a breath of fresh air for the Bucs as far as holiday has had some playoff experience um, with the Pelicans and he's done very well in the playoffs. I believe a few years ago, he played the trailblazers in the playoffs and, He led the um, Pelicans to a series win where a lot of people thought the Trailblazers were going to win with Lillard and McCollum and uh, the players of that caliber. I believe the Pelicans might have also had Anthony Davis, too, on that team, so that he was a part of that, too. Uh, But Holiday was a big factor in in leading them to that um, series victory and played very well. And also, not only can can he do very well offensively, he plays really good defense. He's been... uh, on defensive teams as far as all NBA defense in the past. And he kind of takes it upon himself to really thrive in that role. Like a lot of players don't necessarily like playing defense as far as that goes, and they kind of shy away from it. But Drew Holiday really likes uh, making it tough on opposing players that he has to defend. Most, Most of the time it's point guards. Uh, and then if he switched on to another position, he'll, he'll defend that other position, like a shooting guard or somebody like that. Um, not, not a whole lot within the post, but like shooting guards and small forwards. A few times he's he's matched up against them and he, he plays really well. He's got good size too. He's six foot three. So that's good for him as well. So it, it was a really nice uh, trade for the Bucs. And Drew Holiday is somebody that, uh, just looking at, at all the media and all the rumors out there, a lot of teams wanted. I saw the Boston Celtics were going to try and go after him. I believe the 76ers kind of wanted him. There's a few other teams that were uh, top tier in both the East and Western conferences. I believe the Nuggets uh, wanted him. And the Bucs uh, offered the best package for the uh, Pelicans. And Pelicans uh, GM David Griffin definitely uh, took advantage of the package because Drew Holiday for the Pelicans isn't a part of their plan going forward as much because they have a lot of young talent, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, and they have a lot of picks and they have a bunch of other young talent too. Uh, Josh Hart, I believe is uh, still for the uh, Pelicans and he's another young player. So they don't really have room for Drew Holiday. They just got a new coach in Stan Van Gundy and the, uh off season, so he's having um, his first year with the Pelicans. Uh, he's an experienced NBA coach and was on the uh, Magic uh, as one of his coaching steps before uh, coming to the Pelicans. So they kind of are looking to maximize what they can get for Drew Holiday, and they had a lot of leverage too because they knew a lot of the teams wanted him. So they were kind of like, "Hey, whoever's got our best, their best package can I offer him." To us, and we will take it, and that's what the Bucks did. And looking at what the Bucks gave away for holiday, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but uh, I like Bledsoe; I really did. But I understand them moving off him. He is definitely a good talent, and sometimes he does get a little bit out of control with his play, and that sometimes causes mistakes and turnovers. And part of that is you can't totally fault him because he's being aggressive and. He's being an aggressive mindset, but uh, sometimes it it's like you're watching it and, and he he does a play and it's almost has you think what what was he doing there? But I mean, it's much easier for for me as a fan or anybody as a fan to uh, kind of I guess be questioned by by the play, but we're not out there actually doing it, so I I understand that too, but. It's definitely uh, something that uh, the Bucs uh, needed as far as a more under control point guard and everything. So uh, definitely a nice get for the Bucks, And uh, also they gave up George Hill and he'll be missed. I really like George Hill. A lot of other uh, people like George Hill too, as far as Bucks fans and everything. And he was a really solid uh, presence for them uh, coming off the bench as part of their second unit and uh, really kind of was a. Um, calming influence on everybody. And I believe Coach Mike Budenholzer really was a fan of his because he had prior ties to uh, George Hill before he came to the Bucs uh, with coaching with the San Antonio Spurs under uh, Greg Popovich, a part of that uh, coaching staff. And they had experience there. So um, it was tough for them to give up Hill. But hey, the Bucks are just trying to make sure that they make the necessary moves to get Giannis back as far as he's on the team already. Obviously he's got one more year you left in his deal, but you want him to re-sign with the Bucks, and you want him signing, hopefully the Supermax this off season, which I believe they can offer to him this weekend and we'll see if he accepts and they have until like just before the season to um, have him come to a decision on that. But uh, if not, then they'll, be a year where it's a lot of pressure on the Bucks to get it done. Otherwise, Giannis might go elsewhere. But nothing that Giannis has said, to me at least, within the media, has said that he wants out. Like, everything has said that he is loyal to the Bucs. I mean, years ago, he tweeted some of the effect of he's got loyalty inside of his DNA. I mean, that is just something that Giannis just wants to win, as any competitor does. And he knows that he likes the teams that he's had in the past, but they've tried it with this Bledsoe Hill and everybody else that they've had with past teams and went to the playoffs and tried to fight to go to the finals and win the finals and it hasn't worked. So, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I think that that was part of it for uh, the Bucs and their thinking as far as let's try something new and let's mix it up a little and uh, Giannis kind of alluded to it, Um, paraphrasing here, but he basically said, you know, I, I'll i stay with the Bucks my whole career. They just got to make the right moves. And this is certainly um, moves to uh, hopefully make him stay uh, long-term. And if Giannis signs the Supermax, which is five years plus this coming year, so it'll be six years, and let's say the Bucks in six years don't, don't, Breakthrough and don't win the finals. Then in 2026, six years from now, if Giannis wants to leave, I'm not going to be happy about it because I love Giannis and he's a great Buck and I'm a huge Bucks fan. But I'll understand it because they would have had Giannis for over 10 years, and if you can't do it at that point, then you don't blame the superstar for wanting to leave. So uh, that's definitely something to be said too. And then as far as giving up the picks in the deal. Yeah, it's giving up a lot of picks, and there's three first-round picks and a few pick swaps, but honestly, the picks that the Bucks gave up will likely be late first-round picks, and more times than not, there's not a whole lot of really good, consistent-caliber players that translate to the NBA with those picks. I mean, there's a few here and there, but not a lot. It's more of a top-heavy NBA draft as it is every year. So you're looking at the now, and we've been in this whole, this in the past, the own the future kind of saying that they had uh, for the Bucks, and that was great. That was awesome because they were rebuilding, but now it's time to really focus on chasing after that Larry O'Brien trophy and hopefully getting that Larry O'Brien trophy and winning the NBA Finals uh, and really breaking through. So picks are picks, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to say, Oh, well we didn't get this player because we didn't want to trade all these picks three years from now. Like you're trying to win a championship and a lot of teams have their window of a championship. Well, this is the window of the bucks championship. And if they can't get it done in this window, then that's kind of the cycle of any team in professional sports. You have your, your window of winning and then sometimes you have to rebuild again. So, That's kind of how it is, and uh, that's how the Bucs kind of have to look at it, in my opinion. And then in the next move, uh, not very much after the fact of them getting Drew Holiday, uh, Warder Narowski from ESPN broke the news that they acquired Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign-in trade that also netted them Justin James, and they traded away Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ursan Ilyasova. And getting Bogdan as part of a sign and trade, as I mentioned, was a really good get for the Bucks, as he can really shoot it effectively. He's got really good size, too, which makes him a pretty good defender. Uh, I mean, size alone doesn't make you a good defender. You have to be a good defender, too, and he's able to be a good defender as well. So uh, it's good for them to get Bogdan, and I believe Bogdan and Giannis are pretty uh, close. Uh, I believe I heard within the media that him and Giannis went Instagram live or something like that, uh, where where they were um, doing that a few summers ago or whatever. So uh, that's good as far as they are um, really close and Giannis must really want him. And I, I have to imagine that any move that the Bucks make past off seasons, but especially this off season, the Bucks have to have John Horst, their GM, and everybody else within the front office Talking to Giannis and being like, hey, we're going to make this move. What do you think? And Giannis probably will give a stamp of approval. I mean, ultimately, it's up to the general manager as far as if they make the move. But Giannis has to, you would think, have a big influence as far as that goes. I don't know. There's no proof out there that says that. But I would have to imagine um, that, that that should be the case. So uh, it's really good to get Bogdan. Um as far as that goes, he's averaged 13.5 points a game career. So he's a really good shooter and uh, able to get his own shot uh, effectively. And the Bucks starting lineup will should go Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Giannis Kumpo, and then Brooke Lopez. And in these two moves, the Bucks are able to keep Brooke Lopez, which I thought maybe in the Bogdan trade they would have to give up Brooke. But they're able to keep him, which is a big win because I'm a huge Brook Lopez fan in addition to the other players on their team. Brook is a really good defender. And if you look at all the analytics I've looked at in the media and everything, he's really good protecting the rim. And then offensively, he can put it up to as far as in the post and then uh, stretch out to the three and hit it at a pretty good clip too when he's on. um, And he's really cooking from there. So it's really good to keep Brook. I don't know if they might trade him still in the offseason. We'll have to see. We're still very early on. But I would like to keep him. Unless if they do trade him, the package obviously would have to be a really good package where they would get better in the deal as any team does in a trade. But I would imagine that they're going to keep Brook, and and I I fully would be uh, on board with that. So that's kind of a breakdown of the two big moves by the Bucks uh last night late last night uh that they made as the NBA offseason is very early on and uh the season starts December 22nd which is a little over a month from now I mean we're on just uh rather November 17th and uh the NBA is coming before we know it with a uh, 72 game season I believe they're going to do this year so uh it'll be really fun to see uh the Bucks and how they perform and everything, and these moves are really exciting. They really get me excited as a Bucs fan, and uh, not not just a Bucks fan, but just an observer. And I always um, am a fan of my Wisconsin sports teams, but I always try and be um, kind of put that aside too, and, and think from um, looking at both sides too, in, in every aspect uh, for not only Wisconsin sports, but for every other sport. I like I like to be an observer of all the sports too every team too and all the news that comes out is definitely excites me so uh, it's definitely an off season that's off to a good start and hopefully it continues NBA free agency opens up on Friday uh, night I believe late at night and then um, there will be trades that are, will continue uh, as that window opened earlier this week I believe it opened yesterday uh, early on so it was the uh, first crack at trades for teams so We'll have to see what happens. But uh, Bucks, I believe, are off to a good start, and hopefully they uh, continue uh, with that. But in the next portion of this episode of my podcast, I would like to get into some of the other moves that were uh, made as far as the Bucks uh, early on in the offseason, that um, they had a few players that had player options that uh, made their decision. Then I'll also get into some of the options the Bucks might have as far as filling out the rest of the rotation so that'll be coming up after this short audio break (music) moving ahead in this second and final segment of another edition of big a sports show i'm your host adam van handel And in this episode, I have broken down the two big moves that the Bucs made last night on the trades for Drew Holiday and then Bogdan Bogdanovich. And uh, there are also other parts of those deals, but those were the two prime uh, pieces that they got back on those trades. And in this portion, I will be talking about the other moves that the Bucs made uh, as far as not necessarily that they made, but they had player options that their player options uh, for their players made. So I will talk about that, and then I will cover some of the uh, potential players that the Bucks could sign to uh, minimum deals or close to the minimum with the amount of salary cap they have left uh, in order to fill out the rest of their rotation because they're starting five uh, sets with the moves that they made, and I broke that down in the last portion of another episode of my podcast, but they have to fill out a bench, and I'll bring uh, to attention some of the names that they could uh, potentially go after. And these are just the ones I have so far, just the ones that I've seen in uh, looking at the free agent list Uh, that's anywhere in the media for NBA. I've I've looked there and uh, there are also other players, but these are some of the players that kind of jumped out at me. But uh, the Bucs could also get some other uh, players uh, that are also other free agents. So without further ado, I will start with the player options. So they had two player options with Robin Lopez and Wesley Matthews. And yesterday, Adrian Wojnarowski for ESPN Woj um, broke the news that Robin Lopez declined his player option, and so did Wesley Matthews. So that saves the Bucks money as far as salary cap. And these players, them declining their options, doesn't mean that they're going to leave the Bucks. They could still come back at a lesser contract or a revised contract as far as that goes because they want to chase the title with the Bucks, and they know that they have a championship caliber team uh, as far as it should be going in on paper um, but obviously they have to perform and produce and everything like any other championship caliber NBA team but uh, Robin Lopez is a player that I'm a fan of, like, I think that it was a good pickup by the Bucs to get him. They, have him. they have him and Brooke as far as the brothers on the team. So that was kind of a cool aspect to it, too. He's pretty good around the rim. He's a good rebounder. And sometimes Coach Mike Budenholzer or Adam stretch out to shoot the three, which was where there were some where you'd make them and then there were some where he would miss them. I mean, it's kind of what you would think from a player of Robin Lopez's caliber as far as he's a pulse player he's not a three-point shooter but coach Bud loves the let it fly mentality and anytime you can have um somebody shoot up a three as far as that goes from any position you you try and um take it and, and hope they make it more times than they miss it so uh i would like to see the bucks hopefully maybe get robin lopez back as far as that goes but Robin Lopez also wasn't a part of the Bucks' rotation a whole lot late in the season as far as when it got to the playoffs, Coach Bud kind of phased him out of the rotation. So that might have been a part of Robin's thinking as far as, hey, I want to go to a team where I can play more. And it's kind of a tricky balance, too, because a contending team wants to get the player and the player wants to win the title. And these are realistic championship contending teams in the NBA, too. But... You also have to think of, hey, how does my play project to the playoffs? Do these teams have a idea for me coming to the playoffs, or am I going to get phased out of the rotation for the playoffs? So you have to kind of walk that balance of, hey, I'm going to play a lot in the regular season, but will I realistically play a lot in the postseason? So that's uh, definitely something that Robin's got to think of when he's making his decision as far as teams. I'm not sure if a team is gonna pay more than the, I believe it was five or six million or somewhere in there uh, that the Bucks had on a player option. But sometimes in NBA free agency, a whole lot of money gets thrown around and some sometimes it works out in the player uh, benefits, but there's a lot of times too on the other side where a player gets a lot of money, which is good for the player, but they don't play up to that contract. So it'll be interesting to see if a lesser team than the Bucs caliber goes after Robin, then the Bucks will have to let him go. But uh, if they can get him back in a reasonable rate, I think that they, they should definitely look into that. But if he leaves, I mean, it's not going to be the worst thing, I guess. I mean, they'll miss him, but it's something where there's other players they can go after uh, to put in his place place in the in the rotation for um, next year and the following years. And then uh, Wesley Matthews uh, is another player that, like I said, he declined his option. He would be somebody I'd like to get back to on a uh, revised contract if they can, but I've also heard that there's other teams too that are going to go after his services as far as championship caliber teams. Like the Lakers, I think I heard we're, were going to go and make a run after him so we'll see if he comes back. He played at Marquette, obviously, in college. So he's a player that's uh, got roots uh, with the Milwaukee and everything. So hopefully he maybe comes back and uh, wants a few more cracks at a championship with the Bucks. But like I said, with Robin Lopez, if Wesley Matthews leaves, they'll be able to work around uh, – it as far as they'll miss them but there's other players via free agency who they can look into um, signing or if they uh, trade for a player which I don't think they're going to make any more prime time trades because they've already kind of done that last night but they might make a few small moves as far as other players that are not part of their core we'll see Um, but it'll be interesting and the next thing I want to talk about is the possible realistic free agents they can get these are just some of them. They're not all of them, but I was looking at lists in the media that had some of the kind of filler rotation players for a team that are still very important to a, a team that the Bucks could maybe sign. And also, before I mention those players, I want to say that a part of the Drew Holiday trade with the pick swaps, the Bucs were able to get two second-round picks in the, in the deal as far as that goes. So tomorrow in the draft, they will have the 42nd pick and the 60th pick. So those will be two other opportunities for the Bucs to probably use those picks, maybe trade them, but I don't think you would trade them for a whole lot, so you might as well use them at that point. So uh, that'll be another option for them to get some rotation players, although they'll need other players via uh, the offseason too, uh, whether it be free agents or trades. And then also they did trade as part of the trade their first-round pick, which is the 24th pick from Indy, and in which came in the Malcolm Brogdon sign-and-trade from last summer. So they don't have a first-round pick, but they do have two second-round picks. So the list of players, uh, some of the players that uh, I wanted to look at were Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague, the Morris Twins, Marcus and Marquis are free agents, I believe. Courtney Lee, Mo Harkless, DJ Augustine, Rajon Rondo, Carmella Anthony, Avery Bradley. Who yesterday within the media I saw the Bucks already had some interest in, so we'll see if the Bucks um, ultimately get him. And then again, Wesley Matthews, Robin Lopez, like I mentioned earlier, Kyle Korver is another player that you can get back for the minimum. He's an older player uh, and really is familiar and comfortable with Mike Budenholzer's system for the Bucks, so maybe get him back. Pat Connaughton is another nice uh, player that was on the Bucks last year and a year before. Uh, that's and recently was on the Bucks, so uh, maybe they get him. And then Aaron Baines, Joe Harris is a player that I really like, and hopefully the Bucks can maybe sign him as a real good 3D and D, uh, player for them for any team. Uh, the teams he was on in the past, and the team that I'll sign him. And then Jeremy Grant is another, another nice forward that they might get if he's in their price range. And then Danilo Gallinari, too, is another nice uh, player available. But some of those players you can get for the minimum as far as that goes, but some of them might want more than the minimum. So it'd be interesting to see uh, who they get um, as far as that goes. So that'll about do it, though, for another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Manhandle. And I hope that you've enjoyed all my past episodes, this episode, and all my future episodes. Big A Sports Show is available anywhere you get your podcasts. So subscribe to it if you haven't already. And uh, continue to spread that word as far as that goes, because I'm always looking for as many consistent listeners as possible. And uh, the listening support's been great, and I hope it continues. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. I hope that you've enjoyed another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam and Handel, and have a great rest of your day. Also, side note, in the future, as far as this week, I will have an NBA draft preview uh tomorrow and then thursday night football preview thursday and then football previews for the weekend for the badgers and the packers and then nfl uh, looking ahead uh to the weekend and my uh, preview for that in addition to everything else i have upcoming to with my podcast so stay tuned for that thank you again <laughs>